Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 169 <laughs> um, <laughs> of Sack King's Therapy. Um, today, we're actually coming to you with a double header that was not supposed to be a double header. And of course, always with me to go over these games is Fong. Hello. Um, but yeah, so before we get into the Nuggets and the uh, Thunder game, uh, this is going to unfortunately be the new format for at least a little bit because uh, my schedule has gotten a little bit uh, dicey. It's been about it's been busy basically for me, and uh, I will not I will unfortunately not be able to come with you after every game. So this might have to be like two episodes per week, maybe three. So for the for, for at least for the time being, until I can get this uh, get the scheduling conflict resolved. So um, sorry if you guys were waiting for an episode about these uh, past two games. Uh, I'll try. We'll try our best to bring you um, consistent content. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's get into it. So first game, uh, the on what what is the date of this game? It is not here, but it was February twenty sixth. February twenty sixth. Thank you, Fong. So it was February twenty sixth. Uh, Nuggets versus Kings. Now, full disclosure, me and Fong both both missed this game. You missed this game, right? Oh uh, yeah, definitely, I did. Yeah, I had to miss this game too because uh, your boy accidentally scheduled to watch Jackass. Um, on the same day, and Fong was busy with his own thing. So um, we can only come with you from what I read from James Ham and from what we saw from the highlights. So the thing that stuck out to me, and, and, and you know, let me know if you agree with this, um, Fong. So the thing that stuck out to me was basically like the Kings look like they struggle to get going. It seems like it just seems to be a theme nowadays. They struggle to get going. They get in a bit of a hole like with just kind of iffy turnovers and just sloppy ball handling. And then it, it leads to a little bit of a hole and then they fight back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. But, uh, you know, in terms of games, I mean, I, I don't know if we said this before, but Fox does need some time to get, you know, acclimated to uh, do well in the game. So I was wondering, you know, why not? Just have Sabonis run the you know first quarter, second quarter, and see where that goes. What do you mean by run the first and second quarters? Well, I mean is like just run the offense, like just have him uh, run the ball up uh, down the court and do whatever passes and uh, plays that we could to you know get the players acclimated because we we do have a slow start in the first quarter usually, and for some reason the fourth quarter is just like a hit or miss. So, so here's what I've observed lately um, from these past two games, and it's at least from the high, like we can't really see from the highlights from this one, but the Kings have a really weird habit of just making things worse with the quote unquote playing fast method where basically someone will score um, on, on their basket and they will inbound the ball as fast as possible, get the ball down the court as fast as possible, and then just try and then basically force up a quick shot that seems a lot of times feel like it misses more often than it makes and it leads to them getting into bigger holes so i agree with you of just like trying to maybe slow it down unless you've got a really big advantage in transition if you don't have if you don't have a like a clear-cut like you know advantage like for example like De'Aaron fox running down the court with only one one guy in front of him maybe two 
Like in that case, slow it down, run into Sabonis in the high post and just have him create something. And also like run into him more in the high post. They, like at least in the Thunder game, it felt like they kept going to him in the low post and he wasn't having a lot of love there, I thought. Yeah, and, and we'll get to that. But uh, in this game, uh, sadly, I there wasn't many highlights of Sabonis that I could see other than uh, looking at his bot score, which he scored 14 points, 16 rebounds, and 7 assists, which pretty average night for him. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, from the highlights, I thought he had, like, a 30-point game or, like, a tw- at least a 20-point game because it looked like they showed every one of his shots. It was mm. – he just kept – he just kept getting, like, you know – like low post shots and you know it it looked really nice he can finish he's a good finisher he's a smart finisher and you know like the thing with him is like he's he didn't shoot well this game well like from at least from the box where he didn't shoot well didn't shoot well from the free throw line but 16 rebounds and like seven assists even though it only says seven like anytime i watch him i'm like oh he only has that many assists because like he moves the ball the 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 offense just hums whenever he touches the ball that's why i have i'm like i would love a quota where basically samotas touches the ball x amount of times at least once per possession see if he can create anything off back cuts and stuff like that but like just seven assists like it just it, he he like gets a lot of cocky assists as well and like that seven just seven doesn't actually do him justice i feel hmm, i see I mean, we got to get a De'Aaron Fox as well. 20, 26 and 10. Like he was, re- he seemed really good this game. Like, you know, he attacked, he attacked, like try to create contact. He was a bit sloppy, I thought, in the, uh, in the, be- in the beginning of the game, but it-, it looked like he settled down. Harrison Barnes, like got his ass torched by Aaron Gordon in the first half, but mm-hmm. like second half came through, like he started scoring and he, and he locked up like Aaron Gordon in the second half. Aaron Gordon didn't do all that much in the second half. Oh yeah, as always, Mr. Reliable, and with nine free throws, geez, for some reason, if he just feels like uh, he's very consistent with drawing fouls now. I mean, it's a real thing with him. Like, I think he's been drawing more fouls than Fox lately. We'll get to the Thunder game, but like before the Thunder game, like yeah, like there are quite a few games. Like, let me just check, take a look at his game log real quick. Um, so he's been, yeah, so. He's got, yeah, nine rebounds, six rebounds the game before, eight rebounds. Weirdly enough, in Brooklyn, zero for zero from the free throw line. But mm. before that, nine, 10, 12, nine, nines, four. Like, he's he's a consistent presence at the free throw line now. Mm. Which is real nice, yeah. So, you know, get, let's get to what kind of, like, lost the Kings the game. They fought valiantly. Like, uh, we just we just talk, talked about how they... Uh, how they had a slow start. Well, they did pick it up. They actually even took the lead um, in the in the third quarter. But unfortunately, the bench unit for the Nuggets kind of brought them back. And a lot of it was them being able to hit some timely threes. They hit a lot of threes this game. So the Kings, the Kings only hit nine, but the Nuggets hit 16. That's almost twice the amount of threes that, that the uh, Kings make. And it's hard to win a game like that. And yeah, basically the bench for the Nuggets was really good boogie was really good at just playing his role although he did have moments of getting just bullied by Sabonis mm-hmm. but like 
he was so good in just playing his role, you know, you know, hitting guys on the back door every now and then. And then, of course, like just being a role man and getting off. He had a, you know, a monster tip dunk, like where he, you know, barely got off the ground. But he's he smushed that thing through the rim. Like he played his role perfectly. And, you know, like Bones Highland had a better game. Austin Rivers had a pretty decent game. Like these guys, like they they came up, they came to play and they kind of saved the team with, you know, their their play. And also the rest of the team's three point shooting. The rest of the team was really good on that end. Yeah, and I got to also say that, you know, our defense is still a work in progress as well. Uh, in terms of, you know, play against Jokic especially, but, you know, it's Jokic. Can't really do much about it. We double him at times, but he always finds the other open man, passes swings around to an open three. And that kind of accumulated uh, with their, you know, 16 threes this game as well. Let me ask you something. Like, so what do you think of uh, Sabonis' defense thus far? I think it's all right. I mean, it's fine. It's it's like, it's something like, uh, he's not like, you know, a top tier defender, but he's good enough for most games, I'd say. So yeah, that's my feel on him as well. Like I, I had the impression he was just this cement-footed big man, like and his canter on defense. But uh, no, he, he's a, you know, he's like a legit presence down there. Now he's not an elite rim protector by any means, but yeah. like guys try to bully him and they can't really move him because he's really, really strong. Right, and he's not a, he doesn't look very big, and he's, he doesn't look built as hell, but like he is a strong dude. Like, so you can't really bully him down low. And then, like, the rim protection, as long as he's in the area, I feel like he has an effect. And that's something, you know. And, yeah, I, I think he's been really solid on defense. And, you know, again, as you mentioned, like, there's only so much you can do against the Joker. He's going to get his points. You know, looking at just his shooting stats, like, he didn't play that well, like, 6 for 16. But And, like, of course, you know, just walk, slept, walk to a triple-double. But, like, you know, the Joker is going to do what the Joker does. But you have to limit everyone else. And, you know, like, they, the Kings fought valiantly all the way until the very end where, basically, um, De'Aaron Fox gets, you know, gets screened off, gets hip-checked by... Uh, by Nick by Jokic and then Monte Morris steps back for a three. Now, if that foul was called, that's a very different game. And honestly, like Terrence's defense was kind of terrible, like constantly going underneath. I would recommend chasing him, but whatever. Like he still got like bulldozed by Jokic on that final play, and that was the dagger, unfortunately, for the Kings. Like you know, had that call been made, Kings very much could have a chance of winning this game. Yeah, I guess we'll never know. So yeah, unfortunately, that that was kind of it. Um, while like ultimately, I think it's while it sucks we lost this game because we'll get to it. But you need to bank in as many wins as you can. There's a lot of positives. You know, they fought hard against a good team and they almost beat them. Uh, granted, they they're without Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. But like, still, this is a very good team with the reigning MVP with a guy who's looking to get a second MVP. So like, you know. Like they ultimately, like they fought hard. They started slow. Barnes, as I mentioned, got lit up by Gordon, but kept fighting and, you know, really hadn't really limited him in the second half. And then while, and then he was also making his own plays. And Sabonis does his thing. Like Fox was terrific. They're building something, I think, with every game. And hopefully this leads to something down the line. Oh, yeah. 
building that uh whatchamacallit experience with each other because this is really only like what the second week i want to say or something like that i think we're yeah. three and five three either three and four or three and five right now uh with yeah Simone's. and yeah and having uh something like this quick uh like come and melt together it does take some time but you know i mean it, it's something that we'll be excited for for next season especially with you know what kind of off-season stuff will uh happen to do and you know training and whatnot we'll have and, to see and yeah like there's still a little bit of acclimating with sabonis because like it's unfortunate like we're not going to see i think we're going to see less and less of mo harkless even though i even though i think he's fine for the most part but like it's just the backups just aren't there right now mm-hmm. and like you know, I, I want to see what a training camp with Sabonis looks like, where, you know, guys get familiar with his rhythms and like the back cutting. So, cause like that is going to open up the offense so much more, you know, and we'll have to see down a lot. Again, we're, we're trying to build something along here. Now, of course, it'd be nice to make the play in. It'd, be no, it'd also be nice to get a draft pick, but the, the point is you want to keep building something. And I think they are. Mm. Oh yeah, I guess we'll see. Okay, let's uh, let's move over to the Thunder game. Um, so before the game uh, um, happened, I just want to mention light cheers for Sabonis in the intros. Totally forgot that he was drafted by OKC. Mm, yeah, I know. Totally forgot about that. I mean, kind of overshadowed a lot since uh, what was it? He was traded with during the PG trade, right? Correct. With uh, Along with Victor Oladipo to Indiana. And unfortunately, yeah. that didn't work out. And ultimately, but they had some pretty good years. Yeah. And also, you know, it was the Westbrook years, too. So it was all about Westbrook during those years in OKC. Yeah. And I believe they had Ibaka. And, uh, they had Ibaka and uh, Steven Adams. And what was. Okay. So, yeah, Steven Adams was there. And who was their power forward during that Russ MVP year? I don't even remember. I know they had Taj Gibson for a bit. I forgot who was the power forward. Maybe Jeremy Grant. I don't know. But basically, Sabonis didn't have a place to play, unfortunately. And, like, yeah, they just shipped him out to Indiana where he blossomed. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, shout out to OKC fans for cheering a guy that really wasn't, let's be honest, really (laughs) didn't do anything with you guys. Like, cheers to you guys. Because, like, us, us Kings fans, we always remember the real ones with us. Like, we love Isaiah Thomas. We love DeMarcus Cousins. We always, like, show respect to a lot of the Kings that come back. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. So like you know, like they're they're up there with Kings fans. You know, credits them, and also like that, like the 2016 uh, run that they had where they lost the Warriors. Some uh, uh, from what I've heard, some of the greatest atmospheres that uh, people have been at. Just the gr- some of the best fans in, in, in the league. Mm, I see. Okay, so the the big story, um, like before this game started, was that Mo Harkless was um, out of the starting lineup and you know out of the rotation apparently. Um, and Trey Lyles started in his in his uh, stead, and he was really good. Yeah, quite really good. I actually didn't expect him to do this well, especially you know, um, not that I uh, remember seeing him play in previous years. I mean, the only time I remember him playing for is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Utah Jazz, but. Under that, there hasn't been much mention of him until you know, see a little uh, snippet uh, in this game. 
I mean, I watched him like in Detroit earlier this year. I was not impressed. <laughs> I was not impressed <laughs> at all. Um, but like the, his play style, it's very reminiscent of Belly. But the issue with Belly is that he was three or bust for at least for him. It's it's it felt like he either like shoots thirty footers or he's not really doing anything. Trey Lyles can drive to the rim and has a has a little bit of Harrison Barnes to him where. You know, he's, it's very slow. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Kyle Anderson, where it, it's so slow, it actually throws off your timing a little bit. And, you know, instead of being like 6'8", he's like 6'11". So like, he can literally just lay it in over guys. Like, he was like, you know, th there were times where it looked really bad for the Kings and he had some crucial buckets when the Kings were in their drought. And he kind of saved the game for the Kings. He really did. Yeah, especially, I believe, in the third quarter. Man, he had, I believe, I want to say eight straight points. It might have been six. But, yeah, it's like no one was able to defend him, and the paint was pretty much wide open for him uh, against OKC. Yeah, and so let, let's get into the game a little bit. Um, so it, ultimately, like, they, start, they started out actually really good, but then, like, OKC kept hitting threes. And like it kind of stymied the Kings a little bit, and then uh, and then like they started like really starting to stagnate in the second and third quarters where they could not really get the, an offensive flow going. And at one point, I think OKC took a seven point lead, and oh boy, did it look ugly. And then of course, then we have some some Trey Lyles buckets, and then to close the third quarter, like they go on a huge run of just like pure offense i didn't get i didn't take notes during that run because i was doing i was watching the game but i wasn't taking notes but so can you kind of like detail it like kind of what happened during that uh that end of that third quarter where the kings went on a run oh man like i would say beforehand the big or like the beginning of the third quarter it was like just terrible passes and Whatchamacallit, steals, for, just four shots that went to OKC transition points. And, you know, we don't really get back into transition uh, to defend the ball that well. Uh, then right after that, we had a timeout. Uh, time passes, Trey Wiles checks in. Trey Wiles just start driving. And I want to say this kind of sparked the Kings in a way to, uh, you know, on our... Uh, you know, last minute run, I would say. Uh, Trey Wiles pretty much, uh, like I said, scored six to eight straight points, just driving in the rim like no one was defending him. And then uh, we had Sabonis and Davion out there that also supported uh, a lot of our runs uh, where Davion had a bunch of steals. We got some uh, picks off uh, guys uh, just running, you know, our own transition uh, back at uh, with our own offense. Yeah, so like they they just for something clicked, and I, of course like I watched it, but I couldn't really nail down like what just clicked. Like deep, they they were getting defensive stops with Davion. I think DiVincenzo was out there, and again mm -hmm. they were just getting runouts, and like Trey Lyles, like just being the man of the hour, just kind of puts his stamp on the game by just you know getting to the rim and just scoring some easy buckets to give the Kings some life, and the Kings built off of that, and they ended the fourth quarter like I believe on a with a seven or nine point lead after being like down seven and it looked ugly and speaking of Sabonis just one of the weirdest games I think I've ever seen so he had eight turnovers and and you know ended up with Seth Howard did have seven assists 16 rebounds 14 points 
and shot no free throws. However, shot seven for eight from the field. It's one of the weirdest stat lines I've ever seen of like just a tale of two players almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we forgot to mention that OKC throughout the first pretty much half and partly in the third quarter was just doubling Sabonis like crazy where uh, we uh, he kept on turning it over and uh, they kept on picking him off pretty well, sadly. And this is the thing where I'm talking about the Kings need to build more chemistry with him because what happens doing a lot of those quick doubles is that no one cut and no one cut to the open spot for him to, to give him an outlet. And he ended up turning it over due to heavy pressure. Like, you would think a guy like Sabonis could, like, absolutely dissect these guys. Because guess what? Jokic would absolutely eat these kinds of doubles alive. But, like, the guys don't cut like, you know, the Nuggets do. So, like, that's what they need to build up on. And I think, I hopefully, that does come with time. But yeah, like they just the team, like the t- other team, they just kind of stood around the perimeter and just did not have the ball movement that should have like been initiated by the double. So the, yeah, the team kind of screwed them on that with those eight turnovers. Yeah, and uh, I forgot what you mentioned. It was like post passes. No one can uh, was able to you know pass it, on the post. It is a lost art. Thank you for bringing it up. A- absolute lost art. I've seen people mention this, like Mo Dakio, uh, B-Ball Breakdown. They all mentioned this. No one knows how to throw a fucking post pass anymore. It's it, You would think it'd be simple. You simply throw it to a guy in the post, but you want to throw it like at a certain point where it can't get picked off and it's, it just seems like it's not a thing anymore, but partially because the post-up isn't really what it is, what it used to be, especially with zone defense nowadays. Like, I remember watching a game with Joel Embiid or the Sixers versus the uh, Mavs where the Mavs went to zone and they and the Sixers for the life of them could not figure out how to get Joel Embiid the ball. It's a lost art nowadays feeding the post. And yeah, again, just counts, kind of getting screwed by a lot of his teammates, the bonus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, time will tell. Yeah, so uh, again, we always we seem to always, for whatever reason, mention him last despite having a good game. De'Aaron Fox had a great game, like 29 points, 10 assists for the second straight game. The only thing I do like don't love is that he played 40 minutes in both of these games. He played 40 minutes in the Nuggets game, Nuggets game and 41 minutes in this game. And honestly, that could have been cut to like 38 or something like that because they were the last three minutes, they didn't really need him in there. But, you know, he had a good game. And, you know, he is kind of the engine that kind of like really takes them to the next level. Sabonis is going to do Sabonis. And it looks like Harrison Barnes is going to do some Harrison Barnes things. He, who had, he had 23 points. But like De'Aaron, like having that good game is kind of what's going to drive the Kings to the next level. And kind of finish a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and he drew the fouls this game as well. But sadly, man, his uh, free throw percentages are just kind of all over the place at the moment uh, throughout the season. Actually, well, to, uh, to be fair, he, I think he missed his. I think like he missed five free throws in the first half, and or like in the first two quarters, and then for the rest of the and then for the rest of the game, only missed one. So it's mm-hmm. not the worst thing in the world, but. Yeah, he's got to fix his free throws. And I, I remember like uh, mentioning back at when, you know, when Tyrese Halliburton was with us and De'Aaron Fox was out, like you needed a guy to just, you know, overpower the, the talent, the lack of talent on OKC. And that's kind of what De'Aaron Fox did 
dirt force stretches of the game where he just sliced up the, the defense who, who's honestly just doesn't have the talent to really stop him like without you know a, a good double or like packing the paint so yeah like he did just that and you know he carved up the defense and with again with the with the help of guy like trey lyles like you know adding that extra extra punch of scoring like it made it open things up for De'Aaron to attack and again slice up that defense mm-hmm. um so last thing i want to mention so yeah i guess i just want to mention like them it, it's good to see the kings be able to take a punch from the thunder and like it again in that third quarter it looked bad like Shea Gilses Alexander was absolutely going off right just like he was he had 37 points this game and tennis kind of outplayed De'Aaron but like ultimately like he had no help after, uh, be, just beyond himself and you know like the Kings took a punch from in the third quarter and they were able to fight back granted like you can say what you want about the talent but like these are NBA players, and the, this is a team, the Thunder. I mean, that plays really hard. So the, it's good to see the Kings be able to outwork them to, to kind of end the game. Oh yeah, I mean, didn't expect it to kind of go the way it went, but yeah, like you said, they play very hard. Uh, some of these guys, I, well, I definitely don't know, but they do. Uh, they themselves like play really well against us, and. You know, really stops the bonus, especially uh, with their defense. But other than that, it's pretty much a back and forth game, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, up until like that third quarter, that end of third quarter run. And then the Kings just never looked back. They built up on that lead. And Dante DiVincenzo like hit a bunch of threes in the the fourth quarter. Like, good to see him do that. If we can get that version of DiVincenzo, that is very interesting. Because, like, that's kind of the missing piece. And if you look at the Kings' three-point shooting, he was the only one that actually shot consistently from three. Like, four for six from three. Everyone else was one for three, one for four, one for five, one for six. Like, it was not pretty from the rest of the team. So, like, we needed that scoring punch. And, you know, like, this, like, again, you can say what you want about the talent. And it is true. Like, the, the Thunder just don't have the talent to really be able to hang with most teams, including the Kings. But, again, like... They, they still play really hard. And, you know, it's unfortunate to say this, but it's good to see the Kings be able to outwork somebody like this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's it for, you know, this game. So, like, it ultimately, a, a good win and a much-needed win. You know, D'Lo and Casey were saying this was a get-right game for the Kings. And they're going to need to get right because these next two games, the back-to-back, it's going to be against... Basically, they're playing uh, rivals, which is the Spurs and uh, the Pelicans. The, the, the Blazers, we don't play them for the rest of the season, so we don't. Let's not worry about them. They probably will drop out because, boy, they they're trying to like that. What's it called? Uh, what's his name? I'm blanking on I me. Mean, Yusef Nurkic apparently has just been ruled out for the rest of the season with plantar fasciitis. Now you can say what you, you know you can say what you want like oh they're just not letting him play so they can lose games but like they're not trying to stay in the 10th spot and they're trying they're trying to get out of that 10th spot so they will probably drop so these two this back to back is going to be crucial and honestly i think they need to win both of them if they're going to make the play in mm, i'd say so too let me check the standings real quick so we are technically 
three games behind the 10th seed. While Portland is pretty much tied with New Orleans, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, man, three games? Do we have enough games? Yeah, we do, but we're going to have to win most of them pretty much. We have a lot of games we need to take care of. Yeah. And the reason why I say they need to win these two, not just because you need to you need to win every game, but after that, after the Dallas game on Saturday or after the San Antonio game on Thursday, it is an absolute murder's row of, of teams. So mm. it starts with Dallas. Dallas is a really good team right now. They're playing really well. New York, not so much. Let's not worry about them. Uh, Denver, again, for some reason. Utah, Chicago, Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix, Indiana. You know, we're playing Tyrese again. Orlando, Miami, Houston twice, Golden State, and New Orleans again. The Clippers and Phoenix. Now, that is not a lot of easy games. You have you have Houston and Orlando in there, but that is a murder's row of just contenders <laughs> and championship level, not champions, play up like straight playoff teams. Like it is going to be a rough going, and that's why the Kings need to bank these two wins in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, that makes me want to check what uh, the Pelicans schedule is, Portland's schedule, and San Antonio's schedule then. I believe New Orleans has a pretty tough schedule. No, I think they have one of the tougher schedules going forward. Let me just take a quick look. They're actually no, they have about the same kind of schedule that we do. It's not much. It's not much easier. Oh, they do. They do have Portland, who will be tanking at that point. But I mean, like they are. They've been pretty decent, honestly, with with the new acquisition of. Uh, of CJ McCollum and boy like that they they put they put the they laid the smack down on the Lakers and it was one of the most <laughs> hilarious games I've ever seen oh, from man. just not just kind of laughing at the Lakers but yeah like again it's going to be a absolute murder's row of teams that the Kings are going to have to fight through and they need to bank in these next two games oh yeah well let's hope so because who knows they are tough teams as well, I'd say. They are. And like these are going to be playoff level team or not playoff intensity because they also know that they gotta win these games. Because it's not they're they probably do I, I don't know about San Antonio, but New Orleans wants to make the play. And they they know the urgency and they're gonna have CJ tell them you we gotta win we gotta win this game against the Kings, you know, to make it easier on us to make the play in. And so like they're gonna they're gonna be locked in. The Kings need to be locked in, and you know this is gonna be the test because we've had these kinds of games before. It was in twenty it, the the Shump year. It was well, granted Shump was gone at that point, but like late season game against the Clippers, they blew that game down the stretch. And then what was it? And and then last year it was or the year after that it was the bubble. They blew most of those games. I think they went two for six in the bubble. And then like last year the San Antonio game. Like late in the season, like it was a close game going down a stretch and they, they just couldn't come out on top. And then like, and then of course the Grizzlies game that eliminated from the playoffs, these Kings just don't really show, just haven't shown up. They got to do it at some point and you wish it was, you know, these next two games. Well, uh, man, I guess we'll see. And this was a game that we were thinking about going to the Pelicans game, right? Uh, it was the one later in the season. 
Ah, there's another one against the Pelicans. There is another one. Yes. Oh, gee. Okay. <laughs> I see. But we also have to win that one, if, uh, depending on how the seeding goes、uh, by that time, I guess. Well, yeah, we'll have to see. And you know, like you know, gun to your head, do you say we win these next two games? We're gonna have to, like you said. I mean, I feel like if the Kings know what, which I hope they know, that they、uh, that we're playing against, you know, teams that are pretty much in the competing for the play-in, we we got to. Because you know it gives a bigger advantage towards us and a less advantage towards them. So do you, so is that a yes? So is is that a yes that we win both games, or do you say like split one on one, or you say we lose both games? I'm gonna say split. I'm gonna say it might be tough to win against the Pelicans, but we'll probably win the Spurs. That's my prediction. I don't think it's going to be a split. I think it's 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 either going to be two and zero or zero and two. I don't think there's going to be a middle ground. Just for some reason, I just have that feeling. Granted, that feeling has been wrong for a while, so you know who knows. But I I want to believe that this team is different,、mm-hmm. and that they're not they're going to be rising up to the challenge, and they know it's game time. So I'm going to say they're going to win both games. But they're like I hope they don't prove me wrong. <laughs> I've been burned before, but for some reason I can't quit them. That's,、okay. just, that's just how it is. <laughs> I see. Okay. I oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. But yeah, so I, so、um, we're just gonna quickly go over the players of the game and the Kings killers. So the first, the Nuggets game, I think we just have to give it to De'Aaron. De'Aaron just had a really phenomenal game, and、mm-hmm. you know. Like played really well. Granted, you want the defense to be a little better, and you want him to be a little better with the ball sometimes.、Um, but like you know, he ultimately was really good and did slice up that defense as much as he could. And、uh, you could, sometimes like you, you know, like Kings fans have been too hard on him this year. Like you know, he he's had a good, he's had a really good last like few, month or so. But no one's really talking about it, unfortunately, because they're just so down on him. And you know we got it. We got to give some love to De'Aaron Fox. Like you know, twenty six and ten, twenty six, ten and five. Like that's really good. Yeah, he's starting to pick back up where he you know pretty much left off, and hopefully he keeps this up because we literally need him for the rest of the season. I really hope he comes back stronger next season. I like there. I I'm believing that there's something going on behind the scenes with him, and we just don't know what it is. Yeah, let's hope something. It's something that's not you know. Wanting to leave, let's just say, yeah.、Um, and then the Kings killer, I got to give it to Boogie. Like you know, Boogie just he again he played his role. He only had nine points, but eight rebounds, like in only fourteen minutes. But again, just from the highlights, like he just looked like he played his role. Like made passes, and, like you know, moved the ball and didn't try to do too much. And you know, when the opportunity presented itself, got a bucket and just played his role. And like he kind of anchored that bench unit. Like he really did.、Mm, yeah, it's nice to see Boogie play again, especially in a, you know, in the NBA because it's been a while. But、uh, for me, I'd probably give it to Monty Morris because you know, five for six from three—that that pretty much killed,、uh, pretty much.、Uh, and and the and the and the dagger, the, the three、uh-huh. that basically gave him the three-point lead. Yeah. At the end.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. 
Okay. And then the player of the game for the Thunder game, Trey Lyles, man, stepped in, stepped into the starting lineup and just, you know, played his role perfectly, gave us crucial scores in the third when the game was about to get out of hand. And also just a quick close second, Dante DiVincenzo, you know, big threes to basically put away the thunder in the fourth. And, you know, hopefully he finds it, he finds that stroke and, you know, is consistently be able to make shots. Oh yeah. I can't agree more, but uh, I'm wondering, uh, is he fully healed from the injury for, uh, prior to, you know, acquiring him? I mean, I don't know. Cause like he came back in the middle of the season. So like probably not. And just judging from his, some of his shooting, probably not. Mm. Yeah, let's hope that uh, changes for the next season then. Yeah. Uh, Kings Killer, I honestly couldn't kick, come up with anyone for the Thunder game other than Shea Gilgis Alexander. I mean, like the chasm between him and the next player is just so wide. <laughs> it's 37 points and the next highest guy is 12. It's like there just isn't anyone good enough to be a Kings Killer on the um on the on the Thunder. Like if Lou against Dort played if Lou Dort played this game, maybe it would have been him. But like, you know, Shea was unstoppable for stretches. Like he was 12 for 16 this game with 14 free throws. He made he missed four, but like just was unstoppable for stretches. And you know, you know, looked like he was straight up gonna win the game by himself. Unfortunately, he kind of ran out of gas for or fortunately for the Kings, he kind of ran out of gas and no one else helped him. But yeah, like he he's really, really good. Oh yeah. I mean, usually for me, uh, I would choose someone uh, for a Kings killer for me. It wouldn't be someone that's a star or who's expected to play well against. But yeah, you're right. There's really no one else that came close to what Shea had did against us. And if you're wondering who the 12 guy is, so the guy is named Olivier, Olivier Saar. I have no clue who that is. I just don't. And... Yeah, um, it's just it, like the chasm between Shea and the next guy. Like some people like, like James Ann was talking about like the Kings, like there is a chasm with De'Aaron. So it's De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis and Harrison. And then there's a chasm between the next best player. But like with the Thunder, it's it's Shea and a bunch of guys, basically. I mean, <laughs> granted, if Lou Dort and Josh Kitty played, that's a very different thing. That's a very different team. They're like that's where the guys are but like yeah this game he just had no one uh, oh yeah okay well that's gonna be it for uh this um episode of sack kings therapy uh we will be coming back to you unfortunately uh hopefully after the back-to-back i, I can't guarantee it because you know the scheduling conflicts it's going to be a thing and uh, hopefully, I can come. We can come to you guys with an episode. If not, well, just be please be patient with us. We will come come out with the episode. And uh, yeah, I'll, until then, we'll just have to wait till we'll hopefully have to wait for the Kings to just you know perform and perform well, so that you know we have something good to talk about. Oh yeah, and looking at the times for these games, ooh, what's that? What? 5 a.m. 5 p.m. You said 5 a.m. Oh gosh! <laughs> Did I say a.m. What do you live in Europe? <laughs> no, yeah. Live in 5 p.m. for uh, the Wednesday game against Pelicans and oh gosh, what is this? Is that 5:30? That is 5:30. I don't. I'm not sure if I can watch the game tomorrow. Actually, I'll just see. 
I know, you know, work uh, kind of ruins the schedule a little, especially the early games in the East Coast. But man, th- these are kind of odd times. Speaking of early games, there's gonna be one at Dallas at 2 p.m. on Saturday. That's gonna be a 2 p.m. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess we'll see. Hopefully, we don't have to do uh, what we did for the um, Denver game for you guys. But uh, yeah, hopefully, we'll catch these games uh, somewhat. I, don't, I actually don't know. We'll have to see. And uh, also, just to give an update, um, you guys. Well, Fong has been trying to get me to watch Peacemaker. I'm I'm on episode five so far. I, I like I like it. I really like John Cena. And uh, <laughs> and it's just the f- perfect kind of like funny idiot. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Uh, let's see, episode five. You're one away from finishing, actually. I think. Is it one? I thought there were eight episodes. It was it eight? Uh, I forgot. It's been already a while for me uh, since I watched it. But I I gotta give a big recommendation for those who uh, uh, not only like DC but you know kind of like that kind of weird comedic kind of serious i mean it's just a mix of everything it is a very it is a comedy it is a it's a comedy superhero movie think about it that way Mm -hmm. but uh yeah anyone who's a fan of james gunn i mean yeah he did a great job in both uh the suicide squad and uh peacemaker and uh, I'm probably, uh, hopefully, I'll get started on you. I don't know if I'll get started on Euphoria, but I want to watch Euphoria. I just never find time to, unfortunately. Mm, I know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all I have uh, for this episode. Anything else you want to quickly go over? Mm, not that I could think of because uh, not many other news has happened, to be honest. Okay, now that you mentioned that, um, condolences, oh my God, to anyone involved in that shooting on, was it Wyland Road in Sacramento? Um, basically, it, there was a delinquent father who ha- who the mother had a restraining order against with uh, three kids. And apparently, there was, apparently he was supposed to visit the, these kids at the church. And unfortunately, this ass, this dick watch shot shot the supervisor, shot his three kids who were all under the ages of 15 and then killed himself because he's a fucking coward. Yeah, terrible situation. And uh, everyone stay safe out there and, uh, you know, like stay, hug, your, hug your close ones. And, you know, just you never know when just something crazy like that will happen. Just be careful out there. Yeah, man. Yeah, my condolences to those. But yeah, gosh, it's just uh, man. I don't even know what to say. It's just terrible to hear. Yeah, condolences to to everyone involved in that situation. Um, yeah. Um, everyone, stay safe out there. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll come back to you guys hopefully after the um, back-to-back games against New Orleans and San Antonio. And if not, we'll come back to you, you know, sometime in the weekend. Yep. I guess we'll see you guys later.